Good evening. Mourners Phil St. Patrick's buried the first of two officers killed in the line of duty last week. While the officer's widow uses the forum to slam the Manhattan District Attorney, as activists say, they warned of an impending tragedy in a city awash with guns. A massive snowstorm descends on the city. We'll get the latest. President Biden shows up at a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh to sell his infrastructure plan and tensions still growing over Ukraine. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Friday, January 28th, 2022. Thousands of mourners gathered inside the uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral Friday morning for NYPD Detective Jason Rivera's funeral. The 22-year-old Rivera was killed when he and fellow NYPD officer Wilbert Mora, who's 27, responded to a domestic incident last week. Mora was critically hurt during the incident and died of his injuries on Tuesday. Rivera was posthumously promoted Friday from officer to detective first grade. Rivera had married last October. His widow, Dominique Luzoriaga, spoke about how she learned of her husband's death She also called out the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who was at the church, for his approach to prosecutions. In Bragg's day one memo, he promised to drop certain misdemeanor cases or not seek bail or prison time in others. Seeing you in a hospital bed wrapped up in sheets, not hearing you when I was talking to you, broke me. I asked why. I said to you, wake up, baby. I'm here. The little bit of hope I had that you would come back to life just to say goodbye or say I love you one more time had left. I was lost. I'm still lost. Today I'm still in this nightmare that I wish I never had. Full of rage and anger, hurt and sad, torn. Jason is so happy right now that all of you are here. Through pain and sorrow, this is exactly how he would have wanted to be remembered. Like a true hero. Or like I used to call him, Big P.O. Rivera. You have the whole nation on gridlock. And although you won't be here anymore, I want you to live through me. The system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore. Not even the members of the service. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now.
Following the service, Bragg tweeted that he's grieving and praying for Detective Rivera and Officer Mora today and every day. And my thoughts are with their families in the NYPD. He added, violence against police officers will never be tolerated, and my office will vigorously prosecute cases of violence against the police. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg is Bob Law's guest on his show from the streets tomorrow, Saturday at 11 a.m. Mayor Eric Adams added that Rivera was an exemplary uh, example of immigrants to New York who gave their all to the city. He was a first-generation New Yorker, son of immigrants, example how we can come together as a city. He's a hero, and our fellow New Yorkers acknowledge that. And every day when I see New Yorkers, they say thank the men and women of the New York City Police Department. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for what you do every day. And I'm here sitting next to the governor of the state of New York and Senator Chuck Schumer and other electeds. We are committed to giving you the resource to do your jobs and ensure that we can keep the people of this city safe. Rivera's older brother, Jeffrey, spoke about his brother's passion for police work. My little brother, police officer, Jason Rivera. My little brother, Jason Rivera, a.k.a. Tata. A.k.a. Tata. Tata. <laughs> My brother was dedication. He was the definition of integrity. He was joy. My brother could, could light up this whole church. When he, he, when he walked into a room, he could light up the whole church. He was around the age of 10. He was stripped down to his tidy whities Stripped down to his tidy whities and danced the maraca for all of us. Yo, tell me y'all remember that. He would dance that maraca like crazy and make us laugh and... Oh my God, he brought us so, so, so much joy, so much joy. I can't really put it into words how broken I am, how broken my mother is, how broken my father is, how empty we feel. I can't put it into words. I still wake up, you know, I've been waking up to nightmares from the night he was killed. I can't put it into words how shattered my family is. Tata, we're proud of you. We are 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 proud of you. We love you. <laughs> Please always protect us. Your big brother's very, very proud of you. Mommy's proud of you. Papi's proud of you. Dominic is proud of you. We love you. Thank you so much. I love you forever, bro. Thank you. Please protect us always. Rivera's older brother, Jeffrey Rivera. Meanwhile, in related news, New York Communities for Change, an advocacy and community organization group with uh, roughly 20,000 members, is endorsing public advocate Jumani Williams in his bid to unseat Governor Kathy Hochul. In accepting the endorsement yesterday, Williams addressed the trauma of the killing of the two officers. Williams says the deaths are the result of inaction by government, despite pleas from progressives 
that guns and lack of support in poor communities was a prescription for tragedy. I've heard leaders, when they've gotten to the microphone, screaming about, they told us this would happen. Screaming about, they told us this would happen. No, we told you this was going to happen. Say that. Say it. We have been saying this for years. That's right. That this is happening. If I called all of these folks up, they have too many names to mention about people who were killed. We know the concentration of gun violence and where it's occurring. By the way, you see an overlay of the COVID hotspots who were focused, who were hit the most in COVID. And I guarantee you, if you do an overlay, who hit the most with housing crisis, who's hit the most with unemployment, who's hit the most without access to education. It's all going to be in the same community. We understand that law enforcement has a role to play in these communities, in preventing gun violence, in public safety. Unlike the communities they serve, law enforcement feels the tragic impact of the violence. So we lift them up. But these communities feel the impact of the violence every day, 24 hours a day. There's no one who wants this gun violence ended more than the people who live in these communities. Public advocate, Jamani Williams. Williams' job is cut out for him since replacing Governor Andrew Cuomo six months ago. Hochul is a mass at $21 million campaign war chest. Williams and Hochul will face off in June's Democratic primary along with Long Island Representative Tom Suozzi. It won't be the first face-off between the two. In 2018, Williams challenged the then-Lieutenant Governor for her post. And New York is bracing for a nor'easter that could bring blizzard conditions to Long Island and significant snowfall in New York City. Linda Perry has the story. Governor Kathy Hochul says a state of emergency will take effect at 8 p.m. this evening. Long Island could see anywhere from 6 inches to 2 feet of snow, as well as wind gusts of up to 55 miles per hour. Hochul says it's all about the wind factor. It affects visibility. It's dangerous to be on the roads if you can't see the vehicles around you. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says we can expect up to one foot of snow and we're just going to be prepared with the shifts in the snow. He's also expressing concerns about high winds and visibility. He asks that people use public transportation. No alternate side of the street parking uh, for Saturday. And we're going to ask New Yorkers if you're having any conditions at all around heating or freeze frozen pipes uh, to really reach out to 311. And we want to be compassionate for those who are uh, living on the streets or in terrible conditions where they don't have uh, appropriate places to go during the cold weather. Code blue is in place for unsheltered individuals to be brought inside. Christina Farrell serves as the acting commissioner of the New York City Emergency Management Department. She says snow is expected for 8 p.m. tonight, continuing into Saturday afternoon. Snowfall totals of up to one foot, with locally higher amounts are possible. The Weather Service has issued a winter storm warning from tonight to tomorrow which means significant accumulations, and this could cause many impacts. We also need to prepare for heavy winds, up to 25 to 35 miles per hour sustained, and gusts up to 50 miles an hour. It is also going to be very cold over the next couple days. Temperatures will drop into the mid-teens late tonight and stay cold all day tomorrow. 
Wind chills are expected to be below zero tomorrow night. Based on all of the above and what we expect, emergency management is issuing a hazardous travel advisory be in effect through tomorrow. Uh, the New York City Department of Sanitation has been preparing for this event for the last few days, up to and including we we applied a, a liquid brine pretreatment to over 700 miles in New York City roadways before the first flakes even happened. And we've been out there all day. It's been pretty much just on and off little snow all day. So we have over 700 salt spreaders already pre-deployed, and we have been applying product as necessary. Sanitation Department Commissioner Edward Grayson says the city is prepared. It has 260,000 tons of salt on hand. We're going to have uh, about 1,800 plows in the field for this event when we expect it to come in which is later tonight the brunt of this storm is going to you know take effect later in the evening leading into the overnight and we are definitely concerned as the mayor mentioned of the type of snow it's going to be supposed to be a very powdery fine snow due to the extremely cold temperatures coupled with the wind this could lead to blizzard-like conditions and you know whiteout conditions so we want to make sure that you know you really heed the travel warning and do the best you can to stay off the road especially during the peak snowfall times and when you see that wind blowing it's going to be dangerous let me say it summarize what the mayor said first in spanish then i'm going to be explaining what dot is doing working together with both agencies here department of transportation commissioner yadonis rodriguez as the mayor said in spanish el servicio de clima nacional ha emitido una advertencia para la ciudad de nueva york la nevada comenza, comenzará a eso de las 7 de la noche y continuará durante toda la noche hasta mañana. Se espera un pie de nieve localmente y posiblemente cantidades más altas. Por favor, le hace el alcalde Eric Adams el llamado a limitar sus viajes en las calles esta noche y mañana. También el alcalde llama que ambos programas de restaurantes y calles abiertas estarán cerrados este sábado. Los restaurantes eh, eh, estarán abiertos. Las estacionam los estacionamientos laterales serán suspendidos para el sábado. También señala el alcalde Eric Adams que los neoyorquinos deberían llamar al 311 si necesitan asistencia con su calefacción o tuberías frisadas. Además señala que un código azul ha sido emitido para los neoyorquinos eh, que estén en las calles, los que estén homeless. También llama a que si ven a alguien que necesita ayuda, por favor, llamar al 311 y recuerda que todos debemos recordar que chequear a sus vecinos y a los ancianos es una forma de nosotros mostrar la compasión de los neoyorquinos. Además, necesitamos ayudarnos unos con el otro. Rodriguez says DOT crews have already begun their operations. City bikes will shut down once there's six inches of snow. Outdoor dining is open this evening, but suspended tomorrow. There will be lingering snow after it stops because of cold temperatures. When we can see blacktop after the snowstorm ends isn't known right now. Eric Adams says he doesn't want to be judged by how he deals with this snowstorm, but in how he's doing overall as New York City mayor. In additional news, New York Governor Kathy Hochul says the state's mask mandate will be extended until at least February 10th. Hochul announced the extension today for the mandate that requires face coverings in all indoor public spaces unless businesses or venues require COVID-19 vaccinations. 
The mandate was first announced on December 10th. Hochul said it's been a critical tool in driving COVID-19 numbers down. Coronavirus infection spiked in New York around Christmas thanks to the emergence of the highly infectious Omicron variant. Infections have declined, however, in recent weeks, and Hochul says the mask mandate could be lifted after February 10th if case counts keep declining. Linda Perry, WBAI News, New York, and back over to you, Paul. Thanks, Linda. You're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. A 50-year-old bridge collapsed in Pittsburgh early today, requiring rescuers to rappel down a ravine and form a human chain to reach a few occupants of a municipal bus that plummeted along with the span. No deaths were reported. The collapse came hours before President Joe Biden arrived in the city to promote his $1 trillion infrastructure law, which is earmarked about $1.6 billion for Pennsylvania's bridge maintenance. Biden mentioned the incident. What you all know, if you don't, you should know, there are another 3,300 bridges here in Pennsylvania, some of which are just as old and just as decrepit condition as that bridge was, including here in Pittsburgh, the city of bridges. I've been coming to Pittsburgh a long time. I'm a Pennsylvania kid. I was born and raised the first part of my life in Pennsylvania, and I've been to Pittsburgh a lot. But all these years, I never knew, I never knew Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, had more bridges than any other city in the world. Yo! But across the country, there are 45,000 bridges in poor condition. It's It's just simply unacceptable. I've talked about it every time I've come to Pittsburgh. And we finally got it done. A bipartisan infrastructure law, including the largest investment in our nation's bridges since the since the Eisenhower put together the interstate highway system. President Biden, as Biden toured the scene, an officer told him a person who was running by helped first responders get people out of cars. He called it a miracle. Biden said it really is. It's astounding. The bus driver, Daryl Luciani, said as soon as he reached the bridge, he believed it was collapsing. The steel bridge, which was built in 1970, carries about 14,500 vehicles a day. If it had been another time a day, there could have been many more injuries. And finally, on NATO's eastern flank, a tense buildup of Russians continues. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said today the buildup of Russian forces along Ukraine's border has reached the point where President Vladimir Putin now has a complete range of military options, including actions short of a full-scale invasion. Austin spoke alongside Army General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, in what were their first extensive public comments about the crisis. General Milley. Policy of the United States government to continue to support an independent Ukraine and their goals. And we are continuing our effort to enhance their ability to protect themselves. We strongly encourage Russia to stand down and to pursue a resolution through diplomacy. Armed force should always be the last resort. Success here is through dialogue. General Milley. He's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. NATO, meanwhile, said it was bolstering its deterrence in the Baltic Sea region, and the United States has put 8,500 troops in higher alert for potential deployment to support NATO allies. But NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg says the alliance has no intention 
of sending troops to defend Ukraine. It's correct that we are not planning to deploy NATO combat troops to Ukraine. And neither uh, is the United correct. States. But don't you think, in, and neither is the United States, President Biden has made that clear. And that has been one of the criticisms of, of NATO to date, that um, because going back to 2014, the United States and NATO were not willing to, to use force to deter um, aggression and annexation of territory from a NATO partner. I know not a member, um, but that Vladimir Putin saw that. So first of all, because our main task is to protect 30 allies, 1 billion people, territory in North America and Europe. President Putin and Russia takes NATO very serious when it comes to our ability to protect and defend all allies. And we demonstrate that every day. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg. Meanwhile, Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky challenged United States warnings of an imminent Russian attack, insisting we aren't seeing any escalation bigger than before. He added... Russia is probably trying to sow panic. And that's some of the news for Friday, January 28, 2022. The news is produced by Linda Perry. Our engineer is Reggie Johnson. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.